2: Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. I'm Erin McMahon. The postseason is here for Michigan women's basketball and hockey team. And then next week, the men's hoopers, we bring you up to speed on what to watch for in tournament time and provide an update live from the NFL Draft Combine. That and more on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be with you here. Late Friday morning, March 4th, a lot to get into. We have Aaron coming to us live from Indianapolis at the NFL Draft Combine. Ryan and I are here uh, in Ann Arbor, but we're never in the same place together anyway. We always do these over Zoom in case that wasn't obvious to our listeners.
0: but Hopefully, a lot- hopefully maybe we can do an in-person one soon. Uh, some of us were in the office yesterday, and it was nice to, to be back in there. I wonder if our, our, our little setup is still the same. I, I did not check the, <laughs> you our didn't little check video. It? on it. Uh, Yeah, no, I did not. I should have, but (laughs)
2: like exactly as we left it, like (laughs) like petrified from March thirteenth or whatever, twenty twenty. I Um, think
0: I think it was a little bit different. We shuffled because I had to pick up some video equipment for for our trip to the bowl game, and that room was kind of just thrown all over the place. Gotcha.
2: All right. Well, yeah. Like I said, a, a, a lot to talk about. Let's get right to it. You know, last night, Thursday night, the Michigan men's basketball team lost a home game to Iowa. 82-71. 8271 was it Michigan's last home game of the season? I mean, they hope not because uh it, you know if it if it wasn't it means that they were relegated to the NIT and we we've talked about on this podcast kind of the you know that four games over 500 target you know come selection Sunday well Michigan is now only three games over you win at Ohio State on Sunday in the regular season finale it's back to four so then you know a split in the Big Ten tournament which is no guarantee but you know that would get you there but but Michigan will not be favored in Columbus so if you if if you want to assume an L there Michigan drops to 16 and 14 overall and even 500 in the Big 10, you know, and that would mean three wins in Indy, uh which which would basically be an appearance in the championship
0: game. And that that is a tall task.
2: So things are not looking, you know, particularly bright for Michigan right now, but but,
0: but before we jump into what's ahead, I want you to describe last night's game in a Slim Shady song lyric. <laughs> Continue your uh, I, little I mean, trend.
2: I think I think the trend still works because it's a trend. It's <laughs> yeah. you know, will this will the real Michigan basketball team please stand up? Because again, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss for eight games now. You know, another one to put me on the spot. I don't know. Give me give me some time here while you know Aaron's talking combine. But yeah, I it, listen, this this team is is in desperation mode, but they're not necessarily playing like they're in desperation mode. And that's that's kind of what bothered, you know, Phil Martelli. Eli Brooks is a leader. He was honored on senior night again, you know, for the second straight year. Um, but they need, they need more, you know, Martelli's thing was nice kids on this team, but you know, is there, is there a Hellraiser? was his term. And, you know, that's, that's kind of something John Peline used to say in a, in a different way that, you know, he had guys that were, you know, good kids, but you know, needed a little, little tougher, you know, they were suit and tie kids. He needed some more, you know, blue collar workers, but you know, the, the coaches will fill that role if need be Martelli said, as far as, as far as, you know, raising hell, but like that's rarely as effective as when the players are doing it. And honestly, I thought like this quote was even more damning. He said, we have to have emotional commitment to the game and calling it the way it is. We didn't have emotional commitment to start the game. Um, you know, Michigan fell behind early. Iowa got layups, wide open threes. Michigan, you know, lost guys in transition and, and you know, could not dig themselves out of their hole. Give them credit. They 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 battled back, you know, got it to to, to seven, you know, but did they ever really make Iowa sweat? I'm like, no, they didn't. So, you know, again, Martelli said, you know, nice young guys. And, you know, he emphasized those two words. They're nice and they're young. And it doesn't even mean as far as age, he said, he's talking about emotional age (laughs) that they need to increase across the board quickly. Uh, Again, these are not things you want to be talking about your team on on March 3rd. You know, you you can make a late season push, but like this is a little, it could be too late at this point.
1: Yeah. You mentioned the coaching and and them saying that, you know, they, the, the coaches can't be the ones that are raising mm-hmm. all hell. And, and that's right. I mean, it just tells. If they do that, just-
0: they get suspended. <laughs>
1: Well, right, and maybe, yeah, maybe that was Jawan's mo, right, that incident. But, but, like, if you're relying on the coaches to do that, that's not a good sign for you know leadership and everything else. So, it, it and I think that goes into what you were saying with with Phil Martelli was saying with you know just a lack of a lot of nice guys. They need someone to stand up and, and be a leader. To, obviously, that'll probably come at some point. You hoped it would have come sooner. I, I don't know. It seems to me if this team plays a lot better home than it does on the road. I mean, that obviously that was not the case last night against Iowa. You know, the the Big Ten tournament. That's a funny thing because it's at a neutral site in one venue where everyone's playing in a way you can kind of call a sterile environment. You know, there's no, no formula there. I mean, you're, it's a unfamiliar gym. You're not used to shooting in those hoops all the time. So maybe they catch magic and and catch, you know, lightning in a bottle and make a run. They're probably going to have to if they want to try and get in the tournament. But it's going to be this next couple of weeks are going to be real interesting to see if, you know, in a
2: way, it's kind of a last-ditch effort for this program, right? Absolutely. I mean, they they finished 10-5 and at home. Again, you don't want to lose any at home. You want to protect home court. But, you know, the loss to Iowa last night, Illinois. Uh, Ohio State, you know, you can you can stomach those. They're ranked teams. They're good teams. They're tournament teams. But you know, they definitely let one slip early in the year against Seton Hall, another good team. But they, they were right in that game to the end, and, and then Minnesota won. That that's the one that's really gonna gonna you know, potentially haunt them here, you know, a Minnesota team that's, you know, just got four big 10 wins, uh, that, that one, that one was tough early in the year. So definitely play better at home than on the road, but they, you know, they, they got the win at Indiana. They got the win, you know, at Iowa, they like, they've, they've won some games away from home, but yeah, just overall the resume is not great. Now it's helped by the, by the strength of schedule, like the big 10 is tough and they've played a particularly tough schedule, you know, within the big 10. You know, the non-conference, they they didn't get great wins there, but, you know, North Carolina is looking more like a tournament team. They played them on the road. Uh, Arizona, you know, is looking like a potential, you know, top two seed. They played them on a neutral site, you know, and then they got San Diego State at home that that they did beat, um, you know, another potential like bubble team, which helps. That'll be taken into account, but like the end of the day, you need you need to amass some, some victories and prove you can, you can win games. Like we said, get to that four over 500 mark. So we'll see if they can do it, you know, go to Ohio state on Sunday, Michigan's going to be the seven or the eight seed in the in in the big 10 tournament. And with Michigan state being the other, like that, that is guaranteed. Those two teams will fill the seven, eight seeds. You know, the bracket works at the the eight and nine play each other in the second round with the winner, then playing the one, which could possibly be Wisconsin. Michigan is the eight seed winning a game and then playing Wisconsin that next day. Oh, sign me up for that. I guess, you know, they, they, they could be the seven and then, you know, it could be like Maryland and then, you know, Illinois potentially, like there's still a lot of things to, to shake out, but I'm trying to pin down here exactly the scenarios that get them the seven. You know, I know that if they have to win and then I've got, if they and Maryland win, Maryland plays at Michigan state. So that that would be a tough one. I, I think that gets them it. And same if, Penn State wins at Rutgers, and and then they can win, and Michigan State can win. But I haven't pinned down whether some of those other games matter. I don't think they do, um, even for tiebreakers. But if you know the other games in the Big Ten start to matter, it becomes just way too many scenarios to to list here. I probably already confused people with what I just said. So you know, I'll try to have this written down before Sunday if if I can if I can nail it down. But it's 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 a challenge.
1: Yeah, th- this Big Ten season has been wild. Wild. I mean, I can remember the beginning of the year, like Illinois was like considered the top team. Then Purdue kind of came yep. up. Now you're talking about Wisconsin potentially being the number one seed. It's like
2: yeah, it and be, Iowa
1: you know, playing it, great. I think it
2: just yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's been yes, you're absolutely. It's been it's been topsy turvy. So,
0: Andrew, do you have a like a pulse on on what fans are, are thinking about this team right now? And I mean, I know you've been a popular guy on Twitter, not maybe so much with Michigan fans recently, oh, but more Arkansas fans. But do 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 fans like? Are, are do they? Believe in this team still, or are they kind of kind of sit to the roller coaster and, and want to get off this ride here before it was careening off the rail?
2: Yeah, I mean, it'll all be like kind of like what happens that final game probably before selection Sunday, because like you know, I, I think just the the big wins can like bring people back. I mean, you you beat Michigan State the way they did, and it kind of you know it, it gets you in, inspired a little bit, even though Michigan State has been kind of in a tailspin here. But you know, it, it wasn't long ago, It was only a few weeks ago that they pounded you know Purdue at home by twenty four points. So but in general I think it's more kind of what you were alluding to that yeah, they're there's just frustration and, you know, there's not confidence that this team, you know, would do much anyway, even if they got in, that wasn't necessarily the case a few weeks ago. There was a thought of, Ooh, this could be a dangerous kind of, they're kind of a high ceiling bubble team. And I honestly, I don't think that's necessarily changed just because of the makeup of the roster, but yeah, I, at the end, you know, at some point you got to see the results and they just, they just haven't really been there of course, consistently for this team all year. So yeah, I, I, I do get a sense that fans are are a little bit down on the team. The The women's team, meanwhile, They will open Big Ten play tonight, you know, Friday night. It'll be against... Nebraska, Nebraska. Yeah. The sixth seed um in the in the Big Ten tournament. Um, you know, they crushed Illinois um on Thursday. Michigan played in Nebraska once this year and they got pounded 7958. It was in Lincoln and it was on January fourth. So literally two months ago now. I don't I don't know. Like that was one of those games where it just that just happened to most most teams like during a college basketball season. They just didn't have it right from the start. You know, they just, were overlooking them, maybe? Yeah. I mean, you just don't know. It was it was you know, Nebraska's not a bad team. Just, it was just a bad spot for them, you know, just a, a letdown. And, you know, they, they, they shot poorly from three. One um, of
0: 12. <laughs> not going to yeah. win you many games.
2: Yeah. 37% overall. I see Nebraska hit eight threes and they just got, they just got buried earlier. It's one of those games you just had to flush and move on. And and Michigan did, they, they ripped off a bunch of, a bunch of wins after that, you know, and, and, you know, had a great season overall. So I wouldn't read too much into that game, but it, it happened. Like it's certainly probably given Nebraska a lot of confidence, uh, you know, going into this game, I think it always helps when you get on the floor and and play a game already Michigan will be cold but definitely trying to shake the the disappointment from the way the regular season ended that's the key for this team
0: yeah I, I definitely think the Wolverines will look to build a little bit of momentum here heading into the the NCAA tournament and we've talked about this before but Michigan notorios, notoriously has not fared very well in the Big Ten tournament even when they've had some some pretty good teams so yeah it, it's it's could be a big statement game early on and could set up a, a potential rematch against Iowa, if, if I'm not mistaken.
2: That is that is correct. Yeah, you're correct on all points. This this event started in 1995. Michigan's never even reached the finals. So, yeah, I, I think the stakes are low as far as probably their NCAA tournament seating. You know, they're, they're, they're looking like a two. Do they drop below a three anyway? Like probably not. And either way you then you're hosting and you're on the bottom half of the bracket away from the one seed. But like you said, Ryan, you want to have some positive vibes going into that, (laughs) to that event. And it's a chance to win a banner. The banners last forever. They didn't get one at the end of the regular season. And that was, that was bitterly disappointing for them. So here's a chance to, you know, make up for that in in a way and, you know, have some, have some, you know, positive vibes heading into the NCAA tournament. Um, so that, that game's at, that game's tonight at, uh, Approximately 9
0: p.m. But it. yeah, yeah <laughs> get I, tune, I t- guess I tune
2: in at like 845 and right. <laughs> BTN and see where we're at. Uh, but there's a, there's a game before it, you know, that, that will kind of dictate exactly when, you know, when that, uh when that Michigan it's,
0: it's uh, going to be interesting, interesting to picks. see if, if, if Leah Brown gets gets to start tonight or how many minutes mm-hmm. she's because I know she's probably going to be a little bit the going to be a little bit added motivation for her to play against her former team. And, and I know she didn't play very well earlier this year when, when, when they played in Lincoln. So uh, that that's a key piece for, for them. If she's clicking that this Michigan team gets a lot deeper and a lot more dangerous. So we'll, we'll see how, what yeah that, we'll be monitoring her tonight for sure.
2: Yeah. She returned for the regular season finale, but I think it was what, 14 minutes or something like that when all is said and done in that game. So yeah, this'll be, this'll, this'll be interesting. Again, Michigan has to certainly, you know, just sort of get past that disappointment and and if possible use it as, as motivation, you know, heading into this event. Hockey also starts tonight in the big 10 tournament. Yes, we, we, is that what I'm remembering from our last
0: podcast. Yes, that is correct. They're the number two seed against going against number seven seed Michigan State. Best of three series in the quarterfinals and the semis and and championship are both single el- elimination. So I expect Michigan to to get by MSU pretty handedly. I mean they won all four matchups this year. I've stored them. I think they're combined twenty three to nine, including the last two without their four Olympians. So uh, MSU is not very good, but again, it come turn- tournament time, anything can happen. But we'll see. I know Spartans just snapped a 13-game losing streak in their regular season finale, so two teams that were kind of headed in different directions, but yeah, same kind of similar to the women. I mean, there's not much, I guess there is some, uh, Michigan needs to probably win this series to to lock in a number one seed, but they currently sit at number two in the pairwise ranking, so in a good position to get a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, which is always a a, a key factor and, and a nice little thing to have going into the tournament.
2: Absolutely, these conference tournaments do matter. I don't mean to put everything on the NCAA tournament. It's like you, again, you start going down this 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 road and then it's like well nothing matters you either say everything <laughs> matters or nothing matters so i, I think yes it, it matters they're they're competing and they're, they're giving out a banner and a trophy and uh, you might as well try to win it so uh yes that will be we'll be watching all all these teams here over the next few days aaron aaron's been uh you know quiet for a little bit here but let's let's bring him back into the discussion aaron you are in indianapolis Right now, correct. What are you doing there? Tell us.
1: I am sitting in the lobby of the Indiana Convention Center. Uh, for those of you who have never been to the combine, it's interesting setup because they do a lot of the interviews and the bench press and kind of the the measurable stuff in the convention center. But then the players walk through this tunnel. Onto the field at Lucas Oil Stadium, which is connected, uh, and that's where they do where you watch them in prime time do the forty yard dash and, and and the kind of the shuttle drill and all that stuff. So it's it's an interesting setup. It's it's a good one, and I, I'm not complaining. The weather down here has actually been fantastic. Tomorrow's supposed to hit like seventy five, so it's it's been pretty good so far.
2: Yeah, I'm headed to Columbus, and I, I saw those temperatures as well. I couldn't believe it. So I mean, is it more about like the interviews and and the access there than as opposed to actually watching people lift weights and you know run around cones?
1: Yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah, you, you can flip on the TV in prime time and watch these guys run 40s and and but that's not the reason we're here. You know, this is a lot of a uh, lot of interviews. They pretty much make every every player invited to the combine, which is over 300 uh, available to the media at some point this week so we're you know we uh, as I talked to you guys today you know Friday morning we've talked to uh, five of the eight Michigan players that have been invited including Aiden Hutchinson David Ajabo some of the top guys so it's been some pretty good you know the, the interviews are always funny because it's you know we've covered these guys now for mm-hmm. you know in, in Aiden's case three or four years David Ajabo we really, really got to know this year but you know you hear a lot of the same stuff but then you get some unique answers and unique questions so it's, it's, it's always an interesting time I guess
2: there's a reason we sent you to this event and not Zook, and it's not just because you're Mister One A. It's because we couldn't we couldn't count on Zook not to jump into these. Oh, uh, i for Zook sure. Would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: they're they're sure. funny as I was walking up here to talk to you guys there, the bench press had just started and they had all the offensive linemen down there, you know, going at it. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting to watch. I, you know, Michigan's, uh, offensive lineman, Andrew Stuber, uh, is here. Uh, he said, he's not taking part in the bench press this week. Guys have the option of whether or not they want to. Some of them decide to wait until, till pro day, uh, Michigan's going to hold theirs March 18th. So you'll hear a lot of, Mich- a lot of players do stuff then, but, uh, it's always an interesting, uh, you know, interesting adrenaline all time. I get, you know, what yeah. I really don't
0: like it is when, when when athletes say like yeah I I think I'm going to do well in a certain event and they then when you ask them what their goals are, they just don't share what their their times <laughs> are or what they're aiming to hit in their in their events. But what I want to know from Aaron is, what do you think? What would be your goal in the forty yard dash?
1: Oh my gosh! I, well, I've never. First of all, I've never ran a forty yard dash. I don't think so. I, I don't know what my base time would be. Um, okay. But I like to think I have some speed if I train for it. I'm, I mean, I'm, I think I'm an athletic guy. I could do decently, and you know, I probably wouldn't get anywhere near probably a four eight or four nine. But I can, you know, maybe a goal crack, would be hit the crack f- six five. So yeah correct five five and a
0: half maybe no would be awesome video content is just like reporters running against these big linemen in the 40-yard dash like side <laughs> to side <laughs> well, rich, I,
2: rich eisen does this right like what's his number that would be like all right he's in I can, the
0: sixes i think okay it's like yeah, right, so he
2: definitely can beat that and then it's like all right what is like the you know i don't know what is some um, what is a lineman or, you know, I don't know. Uh... Well,
1: it, it's funny you mention that because Andrew Stuber was asked yesterday, like, why do, why do offensive linemen have to run the 40-yard dash? <laughs> and it's a valid question because you don't really think of a lineman having, you know, eight to run that far and they're not the quickest of, you know, of, of feet you know, individuals to begin with. But he made a good point. He said the NFL teams do pay attention to those numbers and especially the first 10 yards of, of the of the dash because I guess they can, they can, you know, they can legitimately break those numbers down and, and, and they do to pay attention to that stuff. So he thinks... You know, it is valid in some regards, um, but yeah, I mean, offense linemen, you, you know, you don't really take much stock in the 40-yard dash yeah. times.
0: But yeah. it's also kind of like a, a judge of athleticism there too. And I mean, it's like, all right, you want to draft offensive linemen or athletic offensive linemen. And if you can run fast, I mean, it just kind of shows that you can be pretty athletic too, and probably shows a little bit more promise, but yeah, I, I agree. It's not like you're going to see many sprinting down the field in a <laughs> right. game setting very often.
2: Yeah. That, that chiefs bills game, maybe they were a little bit in the playoffs, uh, you know, to hustle down to, to get the next snap off after those, all those big plays. Yeah. Hey,
0: good point. Yeah.
2: The, uh, yeah, the bench it, well, I, I don't know how many are, of our listeners have have seen me before, but you guys it certainly won't surprise either of you to know how many times I voluntarily sat, you know, late on a bench to to lift weights. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I used to
1: hey, I used to do it in high school and I was pretty good. I, I don't remember what I would what I, what my record is, but I haven't done it in a long time, so I'd be curious to see what I what I could do.
2: Yeah, even even when yelled at to do it by a coach, it's still it's a very small number of times, but uh, on, on on my own, it's a even smaller number that is less than one. So yeah, that's that, <laughs> that's what you're doing. So is there anything? I guess yeah. You you you've gleaned from these Michigan guys. Yeah, you know, that, that's worth sharing here. I know you've been writing some stories.
1: Yeah, there's a lot up on mlive.com/slash Wolverines. I'm trying to get a story up on every Michigan player there. I mean, they, mm-hmm. there's been a couple of Michigan State guys, a handful of Western Michigan guys that have actually had fantastic stories. Uh, so make sure you check out my.com for all that. But a couple of highlights, I guess, from the Michigan guys. Um, obviously, Aiden Hutchinson's the guy everyone's talking about You know, this week. He's the potential number one guy. You know, his, his, his name has come up in mock drafts. is potentially going first to the Jaguars. I think that remains in play, but it, it certainly seems like the winds are shifting. It sounds like the Jaguars are more interested in drafting an offensive tackle. There are a couple names that have come up as potential candidates. Um, and, and rightfully so. I mean, you've got Trevor Lawrence. You want protection for him. They're still trying to build out around him. If the Jaguars do you know pass on Aiden Hutchinson and certainly a possibility uh it sounds like the Lions are are, are definitely interested I, I, it, it would shock me come April if Aiden Hutchinson you know um ends up outside the top two in the NFL draft you know he's teams love him He interviews relatively well although I thought he was pretty pretty buttoned up today when we talked to him you know he's, it, it's it's clear that he's done a lot of these interviews right now and he's you know he's probably getting tired of it as well he's, he's gotten a lot of attention he's obviously the name that to, to Everyone's talking about. Sounds like he's going to do most of the drills this week. Uh, he said he's not doing the bench press, but he is going to run the forty. So that will be um, tomorrow night, I believe, uh, Saturday night. At, uh, I don't know what time, but tune in NFL Network be able to watch him watch run the forty. And then I think the biggest storyline, at least to this point, and again as I mentioned to you guys, you know, we've only talked to five of the eight Michigan guys up at, uh, right now. Um, but David Ajabo, we we just spoke to him a little bit ago here. I, I thought it was almost a one hundred and eighty personality wise. It almost seems like every year we come to the combine, there's always that Michigan. Player who turns over a new leaf, or like you see a different side of them that we that, we, that you did when we were at Michigan. A couple years ago, when I was here, was Josh Uche. This year was a job, some fantastic one liners and jokes. Uh, he was critical of the U.S. um, you know, gun policy. He wasn't afraid to dive into different topics, it was fascinating. We'll have a story up at mlive.com you know, slash Wolverines later this probably later today. But you know, he's getting a lot of attention too. You know, he's he's kind of mid-late first round pick at this point. He's there's a lot of intrigue around him and just his story as, as we've, you know, we've written about a ton, but there's a lot to go into. You know, we talked to Christent earlier today, and then tomorrow we will get Daxton Hill and then uh Vincent Gray, who I think is I'm I'm looking forward to talking to him because folk, some folks were really surprised that he ended up uh declaring for the draft. So a lot going on. You know, these these Michigan guys are they're all seem well prepared. It's it's funny when you go through these things and you see some of these, you know, maybe small School players that aren't used to the media attention and the interview requests and everything else, and they kind of get in, in the lights and and you know it's it almost seems like they get nervous, or the case may be. But these Michigan guys, I mean, they they're they're they're, they're you can tell they're prepared for the situation. Andrew Stuber talked about a little bit yesterday, just the routine they had at Michigan under
0: Jim Harbaugh.
1: You know, we hear it all the time from players that Jim Harbaugh in Michigan is kind of set up like an NFL program, and it, it certainly bears fruit this week here at the combine.
0: It certainly is nice to hear that 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 some of these personalities are showing through now that they've left the uh, left Michigan where, where they're kind of coached up to cliches and all that type of sort of thing too. So it'll be interesting to see what, what Aaron continues to get from, from Indianapolis.
2: The reporters weren't good enough here locally to, you know, to get them to open up now that they're, you know, exposed to this national audience in India. I think that's, <laughs> that's the key, the key here, but yeah, the combine stuff's always interesting to me. It's like, there's enough tape on these guys. Like, isn't it about like what they can actually do on the field more so than, you know, in the weight room, I, I always think on the basketball side, the famous example, Kevin Durant couldn't, couldn't do the, even one rep of, you know, the minimum mm-hmm. bench press requirement. And, uh, you know, it's like worked out for him. Okay. But yeah, I get it. It's measuring, you know, the explosiveness, explosiveness and strength and athleticism that, you know, you, you kind of you might need to uh, at least at a baseline level to exceed at that n- that next level of football but yeah you know the, the tape i'm sure matters too as do all the you know the psychological evaluations they they do as well i mean i remember just quickly d- doing a story on you know jim plocky um you know at at michigan am kind of a jack of all trades guy in the staff and you know he told me about what the scouts would ask him you know even as just a guy who's sitting at the the front desk who gets to know all these players like that they they dig deep into these guys background um, especially for these top picks they're about to be spending millions of dollars it's, it's a major investment and they leave they leave no stone unturned and yeah for a lot of the michigan guys you mentioned certainly those top guys uh hutchinson and ojabo i, I think they start turning over those stones they're gonna they're gonna like what they see so uh that's that's always a positive for those guys too
1: yeah and you, you hit on it. it's it's I, I think i've written it this week but this is essentially a week-long job interview. You know, yeah. like you mentioned, there's t- there's tape of these guys, you know, in-game. So uh, that's pretty well known, but these these scouts and these NFL GMs and personnel, they want to they want to know more about these guys. And I, I think they're they're trying to you know glean as much information as they can. And, and part of that is obviously the physicals and the 40 times and the bench and everything else. Um, at the end of the day, because at the end of the day they're trying to put together a huge puzzle and trying to get you know get to know each of these guys as best po- as possible because like you said they're about to invest in in some cases millions and tens of millions of dollars in these guys and they want to make sure that uh they get the right guy
2: stay tuned for continued coverage from aaron at the nfl draft combine and we've got postseason coverage you know from from the wolverines teams here we got women's basketball and hockey starting tonight uh the men's basketball team it's, it's desperate push here to to get into the postseason continues this weekend so continued coverage on mlive.com slash wolverines thank you for listening